1: the gates
2: and ready to go hot might with Huddy withrow is underway the thursday edition has arrived six and peabody our location with yeehaw beer and old smoky moonshine glad you're with us armando salguero will join us from outkick.com that's coming up in 20 minutes the very latest across the nfl including von miller where a warrant has been issued for his arrest earlier today we will get the very latest there on the bills pass rusher one big thing on every nfl game still to come. Plus. and War Richardson from Orange Bloods, covering all things Texas Longhorns. A lot going on in Austin as they play for the Big 12 Championship. Chad, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, Hutton. I got to be honest, did not know what day it was until you just said I that it's think a Thursday it too. on and the show. And that means? You started to say it, and I was thinking to myself, is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? It means the weekend is here. It's Thursday, and yes, it doesn't mean that the weekend the artist will perform on today's show. But it does mean that the weekend has arrived for our purposes. Thursday night football, Cowboys welcome, everyone. and Seahawks.
2: Welcome to the weekend. This evening. Uh, welcome back, Aaron Rodgers, to the, uh, the practice field, at least in some capacity. Uh, the Jets quarterback uh, returning in week 13 uh, ahead of schedule, just like he, he said he would. Uh, you can call Chad. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I, I think, by and large, is viewed as uh, one or the other. He's either an attention whore or a free thinker. He's the MVP quarterback or he's the COVID vaccine denier. Uh, Packers arsonist or jet savior. And as soon as he went down four plays into the season, the vast majority of groupthink media jumps on social media. And what are they talking about? They're saying, oh, that's it. That's it. He's going to be 40 when he comes back. He sucked last year in Green Bay. Uh, He just ruptured his Achilles. And four snaps in, he may not even want to play in 2024. And Rodgers is the type of guy who, if he he wants to give you the middle finger, he's not going to beat around the bush with it. He'll just give you the middle finger. But in this case, he's absolutely doing that by returning to practice when he has. He's not cleared for contact yet, but he's got 21 days, now 20 days, if, in fact, he was going to return. The Jets aren't in that position. But, I mean, he doesn't have to do very much more to prove the media wrong in this case. He's returning on the field. He's got, what, a 12-week rehab that continues. But an injury that's normally 9 to 12 months in recovery time is now, with him, potentially returning, in his mind, on schedule – and everyone else's mind well ahead of schedule. Right after his injury, though, he responded to the group thing by saying, hey, um, give me all the doubts. He said, give me all the, all the predictions and then watch what I do. And then we watched him storm back. But now, the immediate reaction after he's done that is, oh, he doesn't really love his teammates. He loves attention. That's why he's doing this. That was the perception that I had of him whenever he ended his tenure in Green Bay. But not now. I mean, how can you criticize his love for the Jets organization based on the day he got there to right now? How can you think that his motive is unclear? Um, He's expected to go win a Super Bowl in New York. And while he's not taking the first team reps, he's getting reps whenever he needs to. He's around the team with guys like Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Tyler Conklin, others. Nathaniel Hackett, Robert Sala, Zach Wilson. And there's still six games left. That is an eternity in the NFL. And 79 days later, Chad, he's back on the field after injury. And we know what he meant even after he went down, where somehow the Jets at some point this year were four and three. And now they have 20 days to determine his roster status. Playoff contention is going to play a big factor, and right now they're far from it at 4-7. and But the immediate group think of, oh, he's doing this for the attention. He's doing this to prove a point and to prove all the doubters wrong. And if they were in playoff contention right now, I think he'd fast-track it more than what potentially could be he'd always circle the Christmas Eve game against Washington. That is exactly when this time frame is set to... Go into effect where they have to make a decision on injured reserve for the rest of the year or active roster. I I applaud him for what he's done uh, because I, I think those that hate Rogers, and there are certainly those who do, are trying to look for any reason to nitpick about this entire process, which has been anything but bad. And he's been great for the New York Jets.
1: Hutton, you've you laid it out there well with depending on your viewpoint. Uh, Your worldview, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a bad teammate or a great teammate or a bad employee or a great employee, or he knows everything about big pharma or he knows nothing about big pharma. And people allow those opinions to shape what they think of Aaron Rodgers. Either Team Kelsey or Team Rodgers. The quarterback, right? right? Yeah. Um, Here's Aaron Rodgers, what he is. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's how I view Aaron Rodgers. Hall of Fame quarterback that, to my knowledge, has not had a ton of guys over the course of his career claim he's a bad teammate or a bad leader when he's in a locker room and when he's on a team. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback that I watch with my own two eyes the reaction of the New York Jets locker room when he arrived. He was their messiah. And they treated him as such. And they were blown away that he had humanity about him, that he would speak to them, that he would joke with them. Hey, here's the great Aaron Rodgers. And oh, by the way, he's pretty damn cool. I like hanging out with him. Let's go to a Broadway musical with him. <laughs> I watched it uh, on Hard Knocks, yeah, he on 29 HBO. instead of
2: 39 all of a sudden. The
1: guy, D.H., he's Benjamin yeah. Button. He went back 20 years in his yeah. career. Uh, he's refreshed. He's renewed. He's ready to go. So all the other BS about Aaron Rodgers, I think he's funny. Uh, You know, there are people that don't think he's funny. They probably think he's dangerous or whatever. Those people are stupid too. Here's what you need to know about Aaron Rodgers. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He is unbelievably good at his profession. And he is someone who does not wreck a locker room. He's a guy that other guys, other dudes, other football guys gravitate towards and don't push away from. I watch how he interacts with other players on other teams right after a game's over. There's even a a scene with that in the latest Hard Knocks with the Dolphins and Raheem Mostert talking to him. You can tell he has the respect of everyone that's in football. He's got the respect of his locker room. He's got the respect of this team and every other team. This is not about being selfish or wanting the attention or the glory or anything else. I do think part of it is about proving his critics wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. And every great athlete, every Hall of Famer, and that's what Aaron Rodgers will be, has been someone who revels in proving critics wrong. That's part of the business. It's part of the game. It's part of being a competitor. Aaron Rodgers is no different. And, there. He keeps and if receipts. you're viewing it from any other world view other than that, then you're looking at it all wrong. Yeah, he keeps receipts,
2: right? Yeah. And, and, and can part of it be because he loves attention? Sure. So does Travis Kelsey, you know? Uh, but. Uh, the perception's different for those that just immediately jump with the reaction. Of, oh, he's coming back. Now I, I would view this way different if this were week 17, but not in week 13, not in week 13. You can, you could have waited a little bit longer and seen what the record was coming up. I believe the, they have the Falcons this week. Maybe the jets do brutal stretch down. Again, I don't think they're doing anything, but we've seen crazier things. The, the bills are, all of a sudden, a 500 team again. Jets are four they and are... seven. They're not making the postseason. But Rodgers is doing some things around the Jets organization that is great going into an offseason where he's going to repeat what he just did this past offseason. Jed, um so back and forth, I've, I've, I've seen mixed reaction to Bobby Petrino and the hire for Arkansas as their new offensive coordinator but of course old head coach Sam Pittman well I know yesterday we had the conversation of hey uh think outside the box bring in someone new Sam Pittman's got to save his job and this is exactly what he's doing right he's he's signing up a former guy he worked for to come in and make sure that offense is right
1: regardless of what's going on yeah it's exactly what he's doing here's what's weird about this um Bobby Petrino, we know about all the controversy at Arkansas and what went down there and why he lost his job as the Razorbacks head man. Rehabilitated himself to some extent at Western Kentucky as a head coach, did a good job. Then rehabilitated himself. You thought he was going to some more at Louisville. He did have a Heisman Trophy winner in Lamar Jackson, but didn't win to any extent, ends up getting fired at Louisville. Came offensive coordinator at different spots. Now he's back and he's being treated as a savior. Arkansas just may be one of those random outpost-type jobs. And I don't say that to diss Arkansas, but that's what it is within the SEC, where this may actually work. I'm watching Duke-Arkansas basketball last night, and they do a cutaway shot of Bobby Petrino and Sam Pittman sitting in Bud Walton Arena, just yucking it up, having a big old time. I think having a couple trulies during the game, I believe is what they were having. Some sort of hard seltzer probably kiwi, uh, of watermelon. Wow. I don't know. Don't know the flavor, but they were yucking it up having a big old time. And I'm watching this and watching hog fans, you know, pig suey them and walking by and, <laughs> and patting them on the back. And I'm thinking, you know what? This may actually work in Fayetteville. This may be the random thing that actually works. I'd feel better about it had Bobby Petrino done what Bobby Petrino was hired to do for Jimbo Fisher, and that was save his job. Yeah, He couldn't do that. Now he's going to Arkansas. Another SEC West spot, well, I guess divisions don't even matter anymore, but another spot in the former SEC West to try to save another head coach's job in Sam Pittman. But Arkansas and a and are two very different jobs, and this may just be crazy enough to work in Fayetteville. But if it's going to work, they got to pay some money to replace KJ Jefferson, mm. who's leaving in the transfer portal. It's going to be all about the quarterback now at Arkansas and finding a fit for what Bobby Petrino wants within that offense. They've got the money at Arkansas to figure it out and do it and to pay for that guy. Maybe it's a Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. I don't know who that quarterback is. Riley Leonard's suddenly available, and everyone's saying either Notre Dame or Auburn for him. Maybe Arkansas can get in the mix also in the sweepstakes for a Riley Leonard. Regardless, if they find the right quarterback, Hutton, I think Arkansas and Fayetteville is a place just crazy enough to where this might work. So,
2: can when you say it might work, what's, what is the expectation there? I, I would ask the same thing about Texas A&M or Mississippi State, right? Uh, we know the expectation of Kentucky. They're thrilled to have uh, Mark Stoops and, and know that he's coming back and he wants to be there, giving him a raise. Same with Kiffin at Ole Miss. Doesn't have that big win there. But he's making over $9 million a season. What does, what does he have to do to keep his gig and what does what do we need to see from Petrino offensively in order to keep that staff intact because it was awful this year but as far as fit and culture I don't know if you can find a better coach I would said that by the way about uh coach O at LSU same thing and what a year and a half after he wins the national championship he's out the door paid to not coach instead of try to get them back to a title um, New schedule. I'm trying to see their well, cross opponents, I, I've too. Got this year. I've
1: got it, I've got it. Okay. And it, you always say it's not about, you know, if, if you lose, it's how you lose right. a lot of times. So a lot of this depends on how they look. But an improved offense at Arkansas where they're putting up some points, and I think getting to a bowl game next year could be enough to save his job. Why? In the non conference, they play at Oklahoma State in week two. That obviously going against Mike Gundy, not going to be easy. They get Arkansas Pine Bluff UAB and Louisiana Tech. Those should be 3 wins. Then you got to eke out 3 wins at Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, and Jerry's World on neutral site. Mm-hmm. LSU at home, Ole Miss at home, Tennessee at home, at Auburn, at Mississippi State, at Missouri. You get to 6 and 6 with that schedule, maybe a 7 and 5. I think you're showing enough progress, especially if the offense is improved. Where you keep your job, where Sam Pittman keeps his job, and you move forward at Arkansas. I think anything less than that, I think if they miss a bowl game again, they're all probably gone at Arkansas. And it's a one-year reprise for Bobby Petrino in his return to Fayetteville.
2: Yeah, and think about it. So last year they win against Texas, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or was that 21? No, that was last year, I believe. And the year prior they went – an eight-win season? Was it a nine-win season
1: with K.J. Jefferson there? Yeah, he had a good first two years, I want to say, where right they out over, of the gate.
2: over-delivered, where everyone was high on. Yeah, them. and so I think maybe that changes the perception of where they could be. I, I think they finished third in the West that year when that's considered a, maybe the ceiling of the the, the high-water mark. I don't think you have to do all that much. You're right. Just make it to one of the 30,000 bowl games across the country that are about to be announced on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean, get get to six wins. That, that's a tough schedule. I think that just shows improvement. They're 4-8 and eight at the end of this year, I think, is their final yeah, record. Yeah, but... Um, you're right that it's not if by the way they're the four and eight race. and they won at florida uh, also this year and still had four wins so I, I think showing progress wins losses getting to a bowl game and just how it looks how the offense has improved that's going to determine whether or not they're back uh speaking and of, whether or not bobby petrino was a success speaking of
2: the uh, razorbacks the college hoops last night arkansas beating duke home atmosphere uh, it's it, fantastic. It was it was great for the college season uh, for them. North
1: Carolina had a great atmosphere too. where yeah. they put up over sixty in the first half against Tennessee and end up with a hundred. On uh, the Tennessee scores ninety two, a hundred to ninety two was the final of that game. A, a crazy one. The ACC SEC Challenge I think was a success. I still think it lacks the pizzazz of even uh, the eight, the the former SEC Big Twelve Challenge that happens in late January um, because it's still a struggle to pull people into college basketball right yeah. now at the end of November but these games were great it's, it was 7 and 7 i think they perfectly split it sec acc finished 7 and 7 in this it's competition it's so much
2: better than what it was though i think the portal is, is really changed my viewership of early college hoops I, I i don't i don't like the fact that the portal is as busy as it is every year for college ba- college football in basketball though man you can it is really leveled out the playing field. And I'm not even talking about just the, you know, ACC, SEC challenge here. Uh, we saw, I think it, we're building off of what was a fantastic NCAA tournament. So here's hoping it sticks with that. They're also scheduling tougher opponents because it's not going to really hurt you as much as a loss would to, uh, you know, a, a non-power five come turning time for seating purposes. Coming up, Armando Salguero jumps into the mix. We'll, Preview Thursday night football and discuss Von Miller and the legal situation. Straight ahead, hot my with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network rolls on. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got
3: something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to
2: get all their jobs done well. Hot my with that and with our rolls on here on the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. sixth of the Peabody, our location with ehaw beer and old smokey moonshine. Chat out about this Bronny James cleared to play. I saw that um, just over four months ago, suffered cardiac arrest. And he'll be back on the court cleared to play. Um uh, for USC. It's
1: good news. hope everything goes well uh, for him, health-wise, and we get to see the son of a Hall of Famer Yes, get after it uh, in the Pac-12 at USC. Yep,
2: returning to practice, and, and we'll be playing uh, soon after. Armando Salguero joins us. Uh, you can catch his great work at outkick.com, covering all things National Football League. Armando, great to see you. And, uh, of course, the five spot, uh, you can check out there, too, uh, twice a week. At OutKick.com with Donovan McNabb as well, which is a, a huge hit. Good to see you.
0: I've been so looking forward to this appearance this week. <laughs> let's go. Uh, I've been so, so, so. Let's, uh, let, let's get
1: after it here. So, jo- Josh Dobbs. Discussing
0: Minnesota Vikings football.
1: Four four turnovers for Josh Dobbs, Armando. Your your thoughts. We now uh, know the floor. Is the Dobbs experiment o- over? Or, yeah, did we just see the floor <laughs> and now we know it's, oh, he can only go up from here?
0: Well, that is true. It can only get better from here because, obviously, the astronaut—you uh, know—he got grounded.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, he did.
0: Uh, uh, you know what? Again, there's the Earth, and which on uh, which we all live. And when guys, you know, take off suddenly, unexpectedly, in the NFL, we can always be guaranteed of the fact that if they have a history in the NFL, and they are something during that history, they will return to earth with a regression to mean and be the people who they've been before. Look, in the past, there have been players like a Larry Little, who I think got cut by a couple of teams, or a Bob Kuchenberg that got cut by a couple of teams and they went on to great heights. Larry Little's case, he was a Hall of Famer. But guess what? That was 50 years ago when scouting wasn't the same. When you know coaching staffs had six guys on it, it was a different NFL. Nowadays, personnel departments don't miss nearly as often. They miss a lot, but not nearly as often as they did in the 60s and the 70s. And so that's the reason that we don't see guys just suddenly, you know, be be thrusting onto the scene. And oh, my gosh, we never knew that this guy was a star no that that doesn't happen very often anymore.
1: Kurt Warner would like a word, but uh other than that, yeah, uh, what is Nick Mullins in this league by the way <laughs> well what is what what is he going to show for the Vikings? Because I do think he's probably gonna end up being the starter now that Justin Jefferson's coming back and he's healthy.
0: I don't know who the starter is gonna be i mean you're you're gonna you're gonna ride with Josh Dobbs and he's the guy, and now he has a bad game and he's done. um okay. And Nick Mullen is what? I, I don't, what? I
1: don't I don't want to do that, by the way. I want Dobbs to continue starting. I'm saying when O'Connell comes out and says, we're going to start the guy that works best with Justin Jefferson, I don't think that's a great vote of confidence yeah. for the guy who hasn't played with him yet. Sounds like right? Justin Jefferson and made hasn't, the call. And hasn't practiced with him.
0: That's fair. Uh, by the way, I, I was still on the Kurt Warner thing. When did he play? Did he, like, when was his last year? Was it, like... 2004.
2: I don't know. He wants us to think that he keeps getting calls to come back and play. I mean, there there are plenty well, of backups who is, there that could. Be
1: when did the guy play? you reference play? In the 70s. Okay. In the 60s. All right. So that's I can reference someone who played in the 90s in 2000s. No, no. That,
0: that's my point. Yeah. That, that teams don't miss like that anymore. And you're going back 20 years.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's different. They. You're right. Man, we are seeing so so many backups right now and the 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 offense was down prior to seeing the backups in Uh, there's a lot of bad quarterback play right now Armando and it's not I I think the league will start to push the oh nine of the 32 teams are having a backup quarterback start last week or here's how many teams have played three quarterbacks this season I, I I watched September and October just like you did and it wasn't good then either
0: You're absolutely right, because we had guys like Baker Mayfield, um, you know, as the the hope of the franchise following Tom Brady. Um, (laughs) uh, I don't know. Uh, You know, obviously, Kyler Murray wasn't starting at the beginning of the season and he wasn't, you know, all that great before his third stringer started the season. So uh, it's, it's a, be- there's a reason why these guys make all this money, right? Yeah, There's very few of them. I would say we should do the exercise at some point. There's maybe 14 great to, to very good NFL quarterbacks It's not 32. Can we agree on that? Oh, yes. oh no. Yeah, you're and, right. And I, I think
1: right. I think you're spot on, Armando, with it. they're not missing on some star quarterback, right, that, that's waiting out there, that's been sitting on the bench somewhere. And I'm not claiming Josh Dobbs is a star in the league, but I do think Josh Dobbs has shown maybe he's better than the very bottom of the league for some team as a starting option at some point. Maybe he can be a below average starting NFL quarterback, right? My question would be, Quality of quarterbacks coming out of college, I think are an issue and college offense and development like Tom Brady talked about probably an issue, but I also don't know that I'm I'm ready to say everyone across the league, because I have this question a lot. Can this team do better than this guy as the backup? You know, can some team do better than Tim Boyle? Isn't there someone out there that they could develop that's got more talent that could do a better job? What do you think overall about the league's ability to evaluate, not the top-tier guys that are no-brainers, but those guys that are second or third behind someone else that if pushed into duty could do something?
0: Yeah, that's where the quality of personnel departments come in because, for example, uh, you have the Detroit Lions. Their number two guy it, – it, is a former NFL starter uh, and a, and a former first round or second round draft pick. So, but he's not playing and we're not hearing anything about him because why? Oh, because Jared Goff is playing well. And Oh, by the way, their third stringer is Herndon hooker. Who's probably better than, you know, (laughs) or at least a better prospect than, than Boyle. I mean, seriously, Uh, Mr., you know, pick six Hail Mary.
2: Yeah. Or Trevor Um, Simeon.
0: Or. uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just going through them. Yeah.
0: And Trevor Simeon, Simeon, by the way, was not employed at the beginning of the year. He's a guy that they brought in because there was an emergency. So what I'm saying is there are actually personnel departments who have been lucky and their starter is still playing. And they have viable backups. Whereas teams that are a mess, like the Vikings, the Jets, even the Giants, even though, you know, um, they've got a, this going on. Yeah. Tommy DeVito, DeVito,
1: baby.
2: He's got more touchdown Tommy passes than, than the first overall pick at Bryce Young. Yeah. yeah. What a Crazy. story. Crazy. Hey, uh the, the story out of uh, Buffalo, and really was down in Texas, with Von Miller, a uh, warrant issued for his arrest. They want him to turn himself in over an uh, alleged assault of his pregnant girlfriend, longtime girlfriend, uh, that apparently took place uh, yesterday or last night with the, the bills, I believe, on their bye week. Uh, what's the latest here? And just based on the statements uh, from uh, police, it, this does not look good. In fact, the assault of a pregnant woman is a third degree felony.
0: Yeah, and from an NFL standpoint, uh I would remind you the NFL is obviously monitoring the situation, and I would remind everyone that the NFL doesn't have to wait until there is an adjudication on the issue to make a decision on a player. They can very easily tomorrow if the facts warrant suspend Von Miller for violating the personal conduct policy, because even an arrest uh, on something is a violation of the personal conduct policy. So it's a bad situation, obviously, for for the young woman involved. It's a terrible situation for Von Miller for multiple reasons, and the NFL, which hates bad publicity like this, and domestic violence is one of those, you know, just the worst of the worst type offenses. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if Von Miller is suspended.
2: Cowboys tonight. They're they're hosting the Seahawks. I've been tabling our discussion, and I, this is a, a good time to bring it up. What I, I realize they're back to back seasons of twelve wins, then they've been put out of the postseason uh, by San Francisco each year. Seahawks tonight. Eagles coming up. Then the Bills dolphins lions it's a schedule where they're gonna to have to prove it the regular season they've done that can this be a year where they actually prove it in the postseason Armando
0: they have to yeah um, and the reason that they have to is Jerry Jones has said so so he has said that he will make his evaluation and determination on the future of Mike McCarthy the head coach based on what based on the performance in the postseason, because he believes that the general manager, whose name happens to be Jerry Jones, has put together a great roster. And the evidence would suggest he's got a good point because they don't have one MVP candidate. I would submit to you they have two MVP candidates. One of them, everybody understands, is Dak Prescott. Because he's second in the NFL in percentage, in completion percentage, second in the NFL in quarterback rating, second in the NFL in touchdowns. But DeRon Bland, the cornerback, he just broke an NFL record.
2: Is it five or six returns?
0: for five pick six yeah. touchdowns. He's got more touchdowns than some offensive players yeah. in the league. I think He's got more than the and jets offense. Even, <laughs> and he wasn't even a starter at the beginning yeah. of the year. Uh, he's only playing because digs went down. So uh, when you have that kind of talent and that kind of um, ability to bring up playmakers, uh, the general manager expects you to, you know, maximize that talent in the playoffs.
2: What do you made of the the immediate reaction um, from the the media group think with Aaron Rodgers when he went down was, oh, season's done. Uh, maybe he's going to hang it up because he's 39 and he just ruptured his Achilles, yada, yada, yada. Now it's, oh, he's back, but he's an attention whore. And I'm thinking, well, I could buy into that if it's Green Bay and it's week 17. But week 13, I think, it just provides a, a prove it moment for him. I don't. There's no reason to play him right now. I'm not saying that, but they've got 20 days. Uh, the Jets are four and seven. They're not going to make the postseason here. But it's it, can it be about the attention seeking? Yes, but it's more than that. Based on the timing, six weeks in the NFL is an eternity, Armando.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I've vacillated back and forth on Aaron Rodgers because honestly. I think it would serve him personally best not to return this season. And I know that he wants, as far as the attention whore thing. Yeah. He wants attention on that surgery, which by the way, is not new. It's 15 years old. So it's been happening, but he wants attention on that, that surgery because he's kind of like this, you know, outside the box medicine nerd that loves that also uh, I'm being told he loves the idea of I'm on the field, I've got my teammates attention, maybe they can rally behind who me <laughs> So you know maybe they can play better while I'm just on the field and not actually playing and maybe if I can get on the actual field, we can do something even though whatever my my thing would be, dude, you play at MetLife stadium. You're not the first guy. And by the way, you're not the last guy who blew out his Achilles (laughs) on that field. Right. It just happened last week with Jalen Phillips. Be careful what you're doing.
2: Uh, Final 30 seconds here. Uh, What do you think happens with 49ers Eagles?
0: The 49ers are favored. I know in Philadelphia. Uh, having lost to Philadelphia <laughs> and Philadelphia having the best record in the NFL. Hmm. Do I believe Las Vegas <laughs> or do I believe my eyes? I'm, you know, I think the Eagles win because they know how to win against tough competition in the end, as they proved last week. Yeah. yeah I'm with you, and man. Plus, Donovan McNabb would hurt me if I didn't.
2: <laughs> uh, speaking of that, check out the five spot uh, over at outkick.com. Also uh, the great work from Armando Salguero. Good to see you. We'll catch up soon. Enjoy week 13.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Armando. Yes.
2: Armando Salguero. Chad, as we like to say, if you can't get along with Armando Salguero, that's a you problem. Definitely a you problem. Stay tuned. More coming. Hot Hotline with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Straight ahead. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up, uh, Caleb Williams somehow can't make up his mind about the NFL draft. A lot of quarterbacks considering uh, taking the bag in NIL.
1: Well, they're ta- uh, not just considering; they're in the process of doing so. I can't even keep up. DJ Uangalele has uh, Uangalele Yeah, has uh, announced he's in the portal. DJU. DJU. Dante Moore at UCLA, five-star freshman in the portal. Uh, the latest, Quinshawn Jutkins, the great running back at Ole Miss, relaying Kiffin, two-and-done at Ole Miss, has two years left of eligibility to go play somewhere else. And it's crazy. Yeah, but uh, musical chairs.
2: And then, even, you know, we'll discuss this too, like the idea that you would turn down the guaranteed first-round money if you're a top-ten pick. Uh, nonsensical to uh, me compared to naming like likeness you're If you're a guaranteed
1: first-round yeah, pick, you well, should
2: not do it. Uh, no doubt. Uh, Chad, we discussed this early in the week, but – uh, picking uh, picking up where we left off, Holden Armenta is the nine-year-old who was wanting to be on the Jumbotron. Chiefs fan. And is in red and black face paint with the headdress at the Kansas City Chiefs game. And not only uh, does he get the attention of uh, the big screen, it's not the Jumbotron, it's Sunday night football. And Deadspin jumps on this claiming blackface and wants the NFL and the Chiefs to release a statement about it. Well, Jesse Waters uh, last night had Holden on the show and you get his reaction and we'll also discuss his father's reaction to this.
3: So, Bobo, what was going through your mind the second you found
4: out your son had been targeted like this? It's it's been a lot. It's been a pretty crazy couple of days. Um, I was mad, upset, upset for him. Um, Mad that he's upset. He's um, he's pretty devastated. I mean, he's seen the videos and everything posted. He's excited. He's all over. It's, it was his dream to get on the Jumbotron. And I've had family and friends call and, oh, we saw you on, on uh, Sunday night football. So he's excited. But then everything else came up and it's uh, been a little bit of a spiral. Holden, how are you feeling right now? Um, It's okay because a lot of kids at school are getting excited, but it's starting to get me a little nervous because if they go a little bit w- overboard, it's a little scary. Bubba,
3: would you like an apology? What would you like from Karen at Deadspin?
4: You know, I, I don't even want, know what to think about that. It's kind of, it's a little too late for that. Um, the damage is already done. It's, you know, worldwide. Now there's comments all over. There's, you know, disrespect towards Native Americans and towards my family. Um, we never in any way, shape, or form meant to disrespect any Native Americans or any tribes. Um, the tribe we're from doesn't even wear that type of headdress. Um, we, it, This specific headdress is is a novelty piece it's a it's a costume piece that's a exactly what we had purchased it for and and wore it for not in any disrespect towards any Native Americans at all and um, it's just it's been a whirlwind of of comments coming either even from from other tribes from tribal members Um, some think it's okay some think it's not okay um, it's a nine-year-old boy supporting his team.
2: And Chad, it, and that's from Jesse Waters time. What we said earlier is, uh, and been touched on this with Clay as well yesterday, um, turns out they have Native American heritage as well that they have an address. And the photo and the story as well, you only see one half of the, the face paint. Yeah. Not the red as well for the the nine-year-old Chiefs fan in all this.
1: How does this happen? It's ridiculous. I I, I don't know how Corrin J. Phillips writes that story to begin with. Even just, I don't want to give it another click, but I read it through completely one time and it's so nonsensical. To go after a kid, recover a kid in any way, just don't... Do it. There are things not to do in media, and one of them is covering a kid at a sporting event and then assuming that kid is a racist and printing that is just crazy to me. And even as I say it, it sounds even crazier coming out of my mouth that there's an editor at Deadspin that would say, yeah, let's press send on that one. And let's get that out there to the masses. masses. Now, Karen Phillips and all of Deadspin has gone completely silent. I know everyone at OutKick has tried to get a response or a statement from them, and they're not responding. They're going to continue not responding. Why? Because they're not going to apologize now because of what Bubba, the young man's father, just said there, that probably too far along now to even get an apology because they're probably about to get sued. And there's probably going to be a settlement of some kind. So Deadspin is not going to go out of their way to admit fault in any way, even though they should have taken the story down and apologized to begin with. Let me back it up. They should have never printed the story. They should never published it. They should have never made it go live on their website to begin with. Why? Because you should avoid covering kids, especially kids that are a fan at a football game that are just dressed up to be on the Jumbotron, and then make assumptions about that kid with not even half-truths, with a quarter of the truth of what it was, not even the full picture of what was going on. It's, it's just gross to see stuff like that. And I, I feel bad for the little kid well, when I sit there and listen to him. So
2: just the, the common sense aspect here is what frustrates me. You know, Deadspin is being uh, – uh, somebody has a mainstream journalism. No, it's not. The mainstream networks for the primetime football game didn't think twice about showing them. No, they, they didn't think
1: there was any type of controversy when they showed it. And so if
2: you want to look for controversy, you'll find it. Um, if you want to cover all the sites that look for controversy, you can do that pretty easily. And that's really all this comes down to, is they're looking for the clicks, the controversy, and the attention.
1: Well, and it's one thing to look for clicks and 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 controversy and all that.
2: Don't do it with a child. Well, I I totally agree. This is But that's why it's blown up to this. And and by the way, doing it without even figuring out the details of what they're even discussing.
1: Yeah, look, as as disgusting and vile and divisive as some of these sites are and what they're trying to do to people in this country, even they would say, yeah, probably don't publish the photo of the nine-year-old on your site and call him a racist and by now th- that's take it what, down. Th- that's where this yeah. is just like I, there are times where yeah there's a lot of guilty parties across the board right this is one where everyone should use their brain be rational about it and say what Spin has done is wrong you need all media to say that not just outkick This is where, and Deadspin's not mainstream media, but this is one where mainstream media should pitch in and someone who understands journalism should say, you know, I've I've always made it a hard and fast rule not to cover kids, especially not to assume that a kid is racist when I see a photo of a nine-year-old and to try to create controversy and clicks around the photo of a child that's attending a football game with his father. Everyone can get together and say that. Right And crush Deadspin over this. But instead, most people aren't covering it and aren't saying anything about it. This is one where I think everyone can universally agree. I think even some of the idiots at Deadspin that said it was okay to publish this are probably being forced to confront the fact right now that they made a huge mistake on this one. This is not one that's getting a lot of support in what they wrote or what they did. I think everyone can unite and say it's wrong. It's, it's yeah. wrong. Yeah, It's it, fine for everybody to say that. And it's, it, it's sad. Very Ch- sad. Chet, Mark Cuban says
2: he's not planning a run for the presidency, but he is planning on partnering uh, with uh, casino moguls uh, moving forward with the, the Adelson uh, families. And they've paid $3.5 billion for the Dallas Mavericks, but Mark Cuban's still going to be in charge of the organization, day-to-day operations. I mean, honestly, it's going to look business as usual. Uh, but he says, no, he's not planning on a, a run for president. He's, he says, my goal, and we partner with Las Vegas Sands, is we build a new arena. It'll be in the middle of a resort and casino. That's the mission. Mega deals. And he's also leaving Shark Tank as part of all this. That, yeah. It, it's it's intriguing on the timing of it. Well, the rumor is he's going to run for president. But well, he said he's not. And he said he's not going right, to. yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's also interesting you're still going to run the day-to-day operations he's a massive sports fan and hoops fan i mean he's the most active owner as far as right there on the bench he continues to do that and he gets to sell the franchise for three and a half billion
1: well and look i mean i i immediately thought of his back and forth with clay over the years on different things about nba ratings and declining interest in the league and what Mark Cuban will cite in those media battles right. uh, with Clay was the first thing I thought about. And I was like, well, here he is selling <laughs> his stake in an NBA team. He's clearly a smart businessman. What does that say about the future you know, stake of the NBA and, and what he thinks about ownership in an individual team, um, which was interesting to me. I think Mark Cuban also has always had even bigger and broader aspirations. Uh, I know what he's doing with uh, 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 affordable medicine – And what his work there is a a big part and a big passion of his as well. So uh, I don't think this is, you know, somehow the end of of Mark Cuban, you know, businessman, entrepreneur, buying into different things. We're going to continue hearing and seeing him one way or another. Yeah. Uh, And even if he's not on Shark Tank.
2: Yeah. And he's, again, he's not jumping into politics from the the, uh, presidential aspect. Uh, But the Adelson's are also big Trump supporters. And that—that's another twist to the the storyline, I you know. And what was he? He—he he was big in a, a media company, was he not? Early internet company.
1: Well, he—he he made all of his money because he was uh, in the dot com. He okay. got out before the bubble burst. I and sold all of his companies uh, that he started for a lot of money before all that blew up. See, he got out at the right time, which again got out at the right time then. And I'm thinking, is he getting out the right time now in the NBA? So you want my just
2: uh, theory, just like outside-the-box idea? NBA doesn't want the casino owners owning an NBA team. They've purchased the Mavericks, and where's the NBA going to end up? In Las Vegas. Yeah. And you take that, and you have Cuban as the the owner of that team after a certain amount of time is running the day-to-day operations of the Mavs. Or... He's going to be a big part of this huge media rights, huge quote-unquote media rights deal that's up. Could be. And, I mean,
1: again, I think he's going to be a, a, a big part of whatever's to come also. Just fascinating given his, his rigid defense of the NBA and all the business practices of
2: the NBA. Chad, uh, Shark Tank, one of those shows, if I see it, I'm clicking on it. Very few of those. Shark I, Tank gets I find
1: so much fewer opportunity to actually like go through channels or a guide. On, on live tv. I feel like if I'm sitting down at my t- I know exactly what I'm watching. It's either a live sporting event or a show on a streamer that I have or movie that I've said, "Okay, I'm going to sit down and watch some of this." Yeah. Because there's a new episode of it or whatever. The days of me just channel surfing for something. If I'm like grabbing a bite to eat at home, I will scan the cooking channels to watch a food related show while I eat lunch. That that's about it. I'm not even, I don't even know what Shark Tank would be on because I don't channel surf anymore. I see it. It's like three or four weird, networks What a weird world it. we w- live in now.
2: Who's your favorite? In a uh,
1: hotel. That'd be the one time I'd channel surf. Yeah. where I'm actually fair. looking through channels to see what's on live. Yeah. Then, then, yes, Hutton, if for your on, example I'm, there, then I'm watching Shark Tank. It's a good Shark background
2: Tank. show. Yes. A good background show. Who's your favorite personality? I like Cuban.
1: I'm actually a Cuban fan on Shark Tank. Uh, Kevin O'Leary Okay, for me. Not bad. Davey, do you, be you want to chime in on this? I don't know why we just showed Davey.
4: Ah, We're just I'll be here. In with them? All right, hey, Kevin, no. Kevin
3: O'Leary. I'm with uh, us. I'm Davey. Right. Yeah, yeah, Broadcast.com like, broadcast. hey. was what Cuban founded. sold it Thank to Yahoo. You. That's how he got like his first billion.
2: Uh, what's uh, a billion there? First billion. First, first billion. million for quarterbacks at NIL. That's next. I'm looking for my first
1: million